welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joe Jacob. What's going on, Heat Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob. And today with me, I got Kay and Cheyenne. And today we got a lot to talk about because... The Heat are on another winning streak yet again. Um, and I, I'm going to be real with y'all. I'm going to just try not to show any sort of emotion. I'm not going to sit here and sound optimistic, nor will I be negative. And the reason why I say this is because every time it seems like the Heat are about to turn things around and we bring it up, something terribly wrong happens. Like a couple episodes ago, we did a whole pod talking about would the energy shift for the Heat? And then the following pod after, we had to title it, um, When Will the Suffering End, Miami Heat? Because it was that bad watching them lose four straight. So I'm not going to sit here and say anything regarding is the, is the Heat turning a new leaf or anything like that? Because God knows we cannot be doing this type of stuff because the last thing I need is to do another funeral pod for this team. But... Overall, like these past couple games have been fun because not only have the Heat been getting wins, but we've been seeing some good games, specifically from Bam. Like, you know, that second game against Washington, the man had 38 points, 12 rebounds. He had an absolute masterclass. And then he had 32 points this last game against Atlanta. And we got to talk about Caleb Martin, too, because that man's been a pure hooper as well. And, like, to see the team bowl out like this, it's always great to see. Um, but, I, like I said, I'm not going to get too excited. I'm not going to sit here and gas it up too much because, honestly, we don't know what is going to lie ahead of this team, especially with the tough schedule coming up, which we will talk about as the pod goes on. But, like, focusing on this past week, like, what has been going through y'all's minds? Like, y'all feeling good? Y'all feeling on edge still because, you know, I know we're still below 500. Like, what what are the emotions that are running through y'all's minds? And um, we'll start off with you, Shai. I think, I think that we just have to take it day by day. Like you said, I'm not going into this week hoping for a 4-0 run. Or, like, it would guess it would be, what, 7-0 run? Um I just want us to play good basketball. I want the chemistry that they've been having to show up this week the same way that they've been playing. Uh, Bam has had great, great, great games. Like, it feels like I'm looking at a, a whole different Bam. And because of that, I almost don't want to give them too much credit because it seems like the more we hype them up, the more we get excited. It's like they feel our energy and they just like – shut it all off. I don't know. I guess they it gets them too hyped, too excited. But they play better when we kind of, you know, talk a little noise. Um, but I, I've definitely been loving every minute of it during the game. But as soon as the game goes off, I think that reality check of, like, we're a great team, but it's just still needing a little bit more 
of that consistency, especially with Jimmy being out right now. It's just like a mess, a mess in terms of like what we can expect. Like, I really don't know. It's a coin toss at this point. I agree. And what's on your mind, kid? I mean, I'm typically more optimistic than most people, man. Um, but I'm also a realist. I like to consider myself an optimal realist. And I never buy into the doomsday rhetoric. Um, when the team does well, I praise them. But but And when they do bad, I call them out. However, I never buy into the doomsday rhetoric would be my overall first point there. And I said all that to say I'm tempered. I'm actually encouraged by what we've seen over the last couple of weeks or the last week or so, actually. And hear me out. Now, there have been a couple, you know, we were on that skid, and there were a couple of close games that we should have lost, or games that we had leaves and we gave them up. And that's a problem. Yeah, that, that's a problem that needs to be addressed. But what you all have to consider is that we were doing that in large part um, without Tyler Hero. We were doing that without Jimmy Butler. And as you guys have both mentioned, something you also haven't mentioned, we did that while also watching them have other guys step up that we've been asking for more from, whether that be Bam Adebayo, whether that be Cal Lord, whether that be Caleb Martin. Um, I mean, so what we've seen is guys embrace the assertiveness that we've wanted for them for, you know, so long or even since last season in Cal Lord's case, um, you know, so long for Bam. But it's a situation where you just have to see them continue to be that as we get fully healthy. And I think you look at Tyler Hero's reinsertion into the lineup as a barometer or litmus test of sorts there. And of course you have to have your full complement of pieces before you begin to make anything, you know, declarative or for certain, but you're seeing Tyler Hero adjust um, as well as you're seeing other guys adjust with their aggressiveness continuing to be that way. While Tyler Hero is actually deferring, while Tyler Hero is actually showing an evolution in that it's not all about him. Now, there's still a lot of that there, um, and that's what makes Tyler Tyler. So we don't want to take that away from him, but we have to find a fine balance with him. But you're seeing them, you know, both sides um, in this particular example being able to adjust to each other and make it successful. Again, there have been some close games that we haven't been able to pull out, but there's also been some games that we have been able to pull out. I just think this team is heading in the right direction. Even before all of the injuries and before they got banged up, it was about cohesiveness and finding that connectivity, which they're continuing to do. And I think that this Miami Heat team is showing good signs. They always – the thing about the Miami Heat is they never come into the season with one particular philosophy. It's always a mesh, a hodgepodge, and Spo having to figure out exactly what he'll do with that particular group, of course, with his core pieces and the core principles being the same. But that's what's happening, and you're seeing guys finally do those things. And once they get fully healthy, I think you'll see this team take off and be what it'll be. Like I said, overall, I'm encouraged. I mean, I commend you. I commend you for being so positive and putting such a positive twist on uh, that outlook of this team right now because I, I can't say the same. And the reason why I say that is, like, I'm glad you brought up Tyler Hero and everything. I guess I'm worried that, you know, just seeing how he's been playing after being out four or five games, trying to mesh into what they already kind of recalculated without him. I'm worried that when we add Jimmy, it's going to be a whole nother jumbo of recalculation going on. And I feel like with our heat, we constantly recalculating due to injuries or, uh, 
most of the most of the time we're recalculating because a role player has gotten a different role and you know we're just needing that specific um person to play a different type of role or whatever but I don't know I'm, I'm just shocked that you're not a little bit worried about how Jimmy will fall back into things I think that you touched on it though. If it were the opposite way around and Jimmy came back before Tyler and we were seeing some some sort of success and then we had to um, work Tyler back into the situation, then there would be a certain level of concern. But it's Jimmy Butler. One, we know Jimmy Butler's talent. We know Jimmy Butler's mentality. And then third, on that particular front, we've actually seen Jimmy Butler come out and be just as impactful on the game, whether he's scoring the ball, whether he's rebounding the ball, whether he's assisting, whether he's making plays. So I feel like Jimmy wants to win. Jimmy can turn it on whenever he wants to, and Jimmy can impact the game in a myriad of ways. So it shouldn't be as big of a deal for him to assimilate back into the lineup as if it were for anybody else. And again, Jimmy, I feel like, is the closest thing right now, besides Rebondis, and that's a different situation, um, and you have a little bit of that with Cal Laurie, but Jimmy's probably the closest thing to like a coach on the floor in that not only does he know the business, but he has the assertiveness and the respect to be able to tell guys, hey, do this. So I think with that mentality, he'll also be able to see what's going on and just find his spots and give the team what they need. Again, if it were anybody besides Jimmy and maybe even Cal Laurie, I would be um, concerned. But because it's Jimmy Butler, I'm not as concerned about that. No, that's valid. I have a question for both of y'all now, just because of what you just said. So because Jimmy is Jimmy and he, you know, he could turn into the playmaker. He he could be the whole offense of the night. You know, he could do all these different things, even coming off of injury, et cetera. Would you play Tyler and Jimmy in at the same time after this, uh, after they're both coming off injuries, personally? Because I wouldn't just because they're both readjusting. You know, that's tough. I feel like knowing the Heat, I feel like they, the team themselves probably would. But I definitely see the argument for why they probably shouldn't, especially when you see the way how the team has been doing right now. I mean, for me personally, it's all about, you know, as you mentioned, Kay, how can this team adjust, you know, once these guys come back? And I don't know, like, Tyler came in this game against Atlanta, and he had a triple-double. And, you know, he wasn't out here, you know, scoring like crazy, but he was still able to feed other players, and that's why he got the triple-double in the first place. Like, I think he had, like, 10 or 11 assists, to say the least. And, you know, when he's out here doing his thing, you know, being a playmaker, you know, it's great for the squad. And then, you know, the same thing goes for a guy like Jimmy because, you know, I know when you were mentioning all that, you were referring to Jimmy specifically, and that's what he's all about. Because I remember when he first came to Miami, and I remember thinking to myself, like, man, like, why can't he have, like, monster games in the regular season and stuff, you know? Because when we landed him, I'm like, okay, we got our star, and we should see more exciting games like that. But the thing with Jimmy is that, you know, even if he's in a situation where he's not going to be that guy to take those type of shots and score like crazy, he's still going to help feed those other guys and get them going. So it's like, even with Jimmy and Tyler both in the lineup, I don't think it would make too much of a um, deal. Now, 
I'm definitely fine with either or because I definitely see where you're coming from with it, Cheyenne, because I think with them coming off of injuries, specifically Jimmy, um, like it would be cool to see them kind of work their way up and whether if it's having them come from the bench or do whatever. But knowing what this team is about and from my own assumption, I feel like that's probably not going to happen. And that's cool too, you know, because at the end of the day, like I mentioned, I feel like they should be able to easily adjust and, you know, it should be, it should go smoothly for Miami, you know, assuming that we see both Jimmy and Tyler come this next game against Boston. So, I mean, I've been this way since the beginning of the season, and I hope both of you guys remember it. Um, Tyler should be still playing off the bench. He should be playing 25 to 30 minutes off the bench, point blank period. The team operates more efficiently with him on the bench. You can maximize him and Jimmy both if you stagger their minutes. Of course, they're going to be minutes where they're playing together. Crunch time minutes, you want your best players on the court, and there's no world where Tyler Hero isn't one of the best four players on this team. However, when you think about everything we've talked about, when you think about deployment, when you think about Tyler Hero's ability to not only go get a shot from anywhere on the court at all three levels, but now with the ability to be your prominent playmaker, why are you clipping his wings? Don't you want the ball in his hand with him having the ability to make the decision at every given opportunity um, for every minute that that's possible? And the only minute that that isn't possible is when Bam Adebayo is cooking for 40 points or when Jimmy Butler's on the floor. I mean, even Cal Lowry, to a sense, has the ability to switch to on and off ball in the middle of a possession, which we got to get him some more love at some point in this pod. But that's one of his abilities that I think has really gone undervalued throughout his career. His ability to go from being the main ball handler to being an off-ball guy in the flip of a switch, and he does it so fluidly, and you never notice any clunkiness, any staggering, any need to actually manually go in and do something. He's just good at what he does and reading the situation so it happens. And I bring that up as a point to say the stuff we're talking about with Jimmy and Tyler, that's not an issue with Kyle and anybody because he'll give it up, go reset, look for a spot up, and if it don't happen, go get the ball and do it all over again. But you're just looking at a situation where the team as a whole operates more efficiently if you're giving both of those guys that equal reign on the rock because both of those guys, not saying they're not capable of playing with each other because, as I mentioned, at some point they will be playing with each other in each individual game, crunch time in the end halves, or maybe to open halves, um, if the third quarter continues to be a bugaboo as it has been um, traditionally for the Heat. But you're looking at a situation where you don't want to clip their wings. You want both of those guys to be able to maximize their full array of skills, the full threat that they present to defenses. And the best way to do that is to allow Tyler to do what he did last year, be a top 25 score and play starters minutes off the bench for the Miami Heat. And I've been that way since the beginning of the season. Right. And like, I just want to chime in on that because I feel the same way too regarding Tyler coming off the bench. I mean, will we ever see that happen? I don't know because for, I know for the team, they just feel like keeping him as of right now as a starter would probably be the best option. Do I agree? Honestly, no. 
because at the end of the day, you mentioned it perfectly, Kay. Like, if he's still going to be able to play the same amount of minutes, but he's doing it off of the bench, then there should be nothing wrong with it, you know? Because at the end of the day, you know, with our starting lineup, there's going to be guys that are going to be wanting their shots. So to add a guy like Tyler in that starting lineup, a guy who also wants shots of his own, like, it's going to make things a lot tougher and I mean, there have been times where the offense has been looking a little off, you know, in some of these early games for the Heat. So for him to come off the bench, you know, I feel like people look at that and they think of it as an insult. But it's really not, you know, because at the end of the day, like we mentioned, he's still going to play the same amount of minutes that he would play if he was a starter, you know. But people want to make it like... It's a huge insult just because they don't see his picture in the starting five graphic that the Heat put out 30 minutes before the game starts. And it's really not because at the end of the day, he's still an important part of this team. You know, there's a reason why the Heat continued to promote him, especially last year when he was coming off of the bench, because everyone knows how valuable he is to this team. We've seen that. But, you know, for the people who don't, see it that way and feel that him coming off the bench is an insult like you know what I honestly just don't get it because as we've already mentioned they're getting the same minutes as before they're still having a valuable role on the squad and you're able to dominate on that second unit and right now I know some concerns have been you know the Heat don't have the best of depth which has been shown in a couple games here and there and if you were to have a guy like Tyler, who's so good at getting buckets, come off the bench while letting that first unit cook, I mean, there would be nothing wrong with it. You know, overall, I do accept whatever the Heat do, but even if he is to come off of the bench, like, I don't think there should be such discourse over it because it's not like nobody's trying to take a knock on him and everything he's accomplished because he's still a very important player to this team. Like, he's still the third best player on the squad behind um, Jimmy and Bam, you know? So that's all I really have to say about it regarding Tyler. And regardless of what happens with him, you know, whether if they change it up, and that's the PSA for this pod specifically. Like, do not let a player being on the bench or being in the starting lineup, you know, read something else. Because at the end of the day, all of these guys are still valuable, all 15 of these players. And there's a reason why when we see a certain guy go on the entry report, we panic. We don't do this specifically with the starters, but with our guys off the bench too. Like we can't afford to have a guy who, let's say, who comes off the bench for us? Guys like, well, you know what? I, I ain't going to say Deadman because I know people have their opinions about him. But, you know, if another guy like Struess, when he comes off the bench, you know, hypothetically speaking, if Hero was to come off the bench or whoever, if one of those guys were to miss like a week or just a couple games in general, Heat fans would be upset about it because they know the value they have to this team. So overall, like with Tyler coming off the bench, I'm fully for it. If the Heat choose to keep him in the starting lineup, I've always trusted Spo, and I'm not going to stop trusting him now. But that's basically just my two cents on that situation. So, like, just to tie a button around that, um, 
first of all, Dwayne Demon has been great. So excuse my French, everybody's opinion, because I said that <laughs> we were just asking him to do too much in the beginning of the season, which leads to my next opinion, which we were. Because if you look over the last couple of games, even wins, losses back to the Suns game, in the, in the freaking Suns game, in the late third period, into the fourth period, we were down by seven points. Who was it that made a big defensive stop in between two big threes that he hit to keep us in that game? Dwayne Demon. But nobody's going to talk about that. Everybody's just going to try to get on him every <laughs> chance they get. Anyway, he comes in for 10 to 18 minutes a game, and he gives you every freaking thing he got. He always plays hard. And if you make mistakes because you're playing hard, I can live with that. If you make mistakes because you're being stupid, that's one thing. But if you make mistakes because you're playing hard and you're giving me everything you got and then some – I can absolutely live with that. And that's all Dwayne Devin does on a nightly basis. And I'm done with that particular situation. Okay. When you look at starting Tyler Hero and playing him off the bench, it's not only just about him. It helps the team run more efficiently in that when he's starting, you have to play Max off the bench. And you have to play Max, Gabe, and Duncan together because Duncan has kind of worked his way back into the rotation. Well, Max and Duncan, they're both elite shooters, and you're getting the both out. Of, you're getting the most out of both of them when you can get them both as many good and clean looks at the rim as possible from deep. What starting Tyler, well, what playing Tyler off the bench also allows you to do, also allows you to do, is start Max um, and get as many good looks off of Tyler drives for Duncan as you can. Now that also leaves Gabe Vincent, who can get his looks off in that second unit and can also come over and run some point when you run a one, some action for Tyler, but it just helps everybody maximize what they do better in their roles. If you have Tyler as that point man off the second unit. Now, when it comes to how did he actually deploy that, the Miami Heat run a certain way. We all know if you work your way into it, they'll give you that shot, which is what I believe Tyler did. They gave him the bread. Um, you know, they clearly thought he was worth the money. They hesitated, but they gave it to him. But he got the starting job, and we know they just don't give things away. So if he did that, then he earned it in camp and what they've been seeing. Okay, now at this point, it's always team and winning over everything else for the Miami Heat. You earned it. We gave it to you. We gave you the money. You see that we care. You see that we value. You see that we want you. You see that that's what the situation is. Okay, now that all that's out the way, we got to worry about winning because that's what we do it for. And in order for us to win at the highest level, now you have to come off the bench. We tried that. That ain't working best for us. Now let's try this. And I think that's what we're experiencing. That go back to that whole situation of how I said the Miami Heat are an amoeba. Year to year, they come in and kind of have to tinker and tweak what they do. And that's a part of what makes Foles so great. Before we continue on the convo, I just want to quickly say, because of our sponsors, NBA fans, the NBA action is just getting started. And so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. And check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, total points scored, and more. And these next two games for the Heat are against the Celtics. It's not going to be easy. However, because I always got to pull for my team no matter what, I have the Heat winning both games because frick it, why not? 
And with payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And that's basically it. Cheyenne, how about you when when we're looking into this whole convo about Tyler? As much as I was on the opposite end of, uh, you know, like I begged for Tyler to have these extra minutes. I begged for him to be in the starting five. But like Kay said, at this point, you know, he proved himself. He proved himself enough for Spo to believe that he should be in the starting five. We tried it out. You know, we gave him a fair shot with it. But now it's about what's best for the team. It's just not working. And I, it pains me to say that because I want it so badly for him to be, you know, this to be his season. And not to say that it's not, but I'm just starting to notice myself that, you know, he is an off-the-bench elite player you know and that's nothing to be offensive like it's not offensive but I know that you know he would take it that way I know that you know any hero fans are taking it that way like oh you know y'all don't believe in him and it's not that but it's if we want to win we got to go with the statistics of it he plays better when he comes in as that six man I mean he's literally six man of the year I don't know if everybody forgot that but I just feel like we just got to go back to the basics on this one. You know, overall, it goes back to what we said before about how we just got to trust the Miami Heat. You know, we just got to let the Heat take care of it and just see that Spo will be able to understand what works and what doesn't. So even if he chooses to keep Tyler in the starting lineup for the whole season, I mean, obviously he sees something that we don't. So it's like, you know, we'll ride with it. And that's basically all there is to it. And, you know, Kay, you know, you mentioned in the chat, you know, he's the super supreme Big Lou Williams. And you know what? Like, let me say it like this, because I think it was like the very first Miami Heat um, pregame show we did this year where I think it was George who asked that question, you know, like what? player would you compare him to and I didn't feel comfortable enough to compare him to an, a legit star because we didn't know for sure what we were going to get from him this upcoming season so I just simply said Lou Williams because at the time it just seemed like the fair bet to make because we know for sure if there's anyone whose game he has that similar to a certain guy like it's Lou Williams and that's not an insult at all you know because that's what we've seen in the past. And does he have the potential to be a star, to be one of the best players in this game? For sure, you know? And that's why, like, when we say what we say about Tyler, it's not an insult, but we're just simply calling it, like, how we see it. And hopefully we can see more from him. You know, I know we've all been skeptical about him being starter. Like, Cheyenne, you mentioned it yourself. Like, you've been one of the biggest um Tyler Hero um what's the word I'm looking for Tyler Hero starter supporters and you know even now you're mentioning like it's probably better for him to come off the bench and honestly he'll thrive no matter what you know and right now I feel like 
as I mentioned before, and I'm I'm gonna say this and then close this topic out completely. Overall, I just see him coming off the bench and see that being the better fit for him because there's not much people he has to fight for to get the ball. And he'll just be able to do his very best when he's coming off of the bench compared to having to play with other guys who might need the rock. And even when he does play with guys who do need the rock, whether if it's guys like Jimmy or Bam, you know, and you guys mentioned it when it comes to crunch time. Like, it's not going to matter, and we'll still find ways to succeed. And it's always been like that. But overall, that's just how I feel about it. And, you know, I'm glad to hear y'all thoughts about it as well. But now let's move on to these next two games for the Heat, as we got two games against Boston at TD Garden. And I'm a little scared to say the least, but, you know, Jimmy is coming back. And at least I think he's coming back. Nothing's confirmed just yet. But I do have to mention, the last time Jimmy Butler played a game at TD Garden, y'all know the rest. That man had 47 points, and that man showed the whole world that he's the iconic player that we've always known he's been. So I'm not saying he's going to have the same performance, but it's a random fact that I wanted to sprinkle in on there. So overall, like, what is y'all's opinions for these next two games for the Heat? And what are y'all going to expect from Miami? Because some people are a little scared, especially because Boston has been red hot. Like, we're over 20 games into the season, and Celtics have only lost four games. And they've honestly continued to look unstoppable. Like, this past game, I forgot who they played against, but... They ended up having like over 120 points by the end of the third quarter. And it's not often when you see that type of stuff. Now, for Miami, we know that this is a team that's going to be ready for whoever. And, you know, I'm not going to stay say that, you know, we got a swag bag just because we won three games. Because the last time we said something like that, it was after the Suns game. And that blew up in our face. But... You know, looking at this three-game winning streak and going up against Boston for two games that are going to be anything but easy, what's y'all's expectations? And do y'all see Miami getting any sort of win from either one of these two games? Like, we'll start off with you, Cheyenne. Uh, I'm going to be optimistic like you in this in this scenario. I say we either go 2-0 and or 1-1. and Um and the reason why I say that we could possibly go 2-0 is because it's like the Celtics been playing a little too good. I feel like the Heat has the potential to be that shakeup team going against them, especially playing them back-to-back. That could play in our favor if we come out with a bang uh, and don't wait until the second, third quarter to start to get that cohesive offense and taking those, you know, nine, ten-point leads. Um so I say either two and zero, two and zero, or one and one. I think we'll, I think we'll perform well though. I think we'll rise to the occasion, and I am hopeful that Jimmy does choose to make this his return. It sounds very on par of what he would do. Right, and I love the fact that we're we're keeping the confidence. And uh, Kay, how about you? You're joining the confidence train, or? Absolutely, man. Just to flow right along with my take earlier, like I said, I'm Mister Optimistic. I'm not at the point where I'm even concerned I actually like what's going on. I'm not saying that the Miami Heat are going to win both games. They can win both games just as well as they can lose both games. But I don't believe they'll do anything less than one and one 
if they win the first game, what will concern me is them coming back in the second game and having a letdown performance because they've been known to do that. But every team does is sports. Um, if they lose the first game, I expect them to come out very, very, very fiery in the second game. But the thing that worries me about that is blowing the wide early, going up by big, and then allowing them to come back as they have in the last couple of days. Um, however, I don't expect them to lose both games. Like I said, at the very worst, one and one. Um, but I feel good, man. I feel good because the Miami Heat are getting their guys back. I feel like they're finding some things as we've been talking about with the rotations, with the guys, with the lineups, with the cohesiveness, with the connectivity, everything that Spoh was asking for, everything that Spoh was stressed out about over the last three weeks, they're finding it. Um, I mean, just as a little sidebar here, and there are a lot of these with me. You guys can see that. Um, but isn't it crazy how one game can impact you? Like Spo is saying on the edge of his chair at the end of games because it's just taking so much out of him trying to figure it out. But that's what it takes every year. And just it happens quicker than others sometimes. And with all of the injuries, it seemed really long for us this year because we've dealt with that on the offensive side of the ball while he's just trying to figure it out. To a point earlier I meant to make about that all, the depth is a little challenged because typically you that's how the Miami Heat find all these guys because they give guys a chance and the guys come through. Well, right now you've lost your top three players in Bam, Tyler, and Jimmy at the same time. So it's hard just to plug in three depth guys, journeymen, you know, undrafted guys, and all of them hit at the same time. That's why it's looked like it's looking. Typically, it's just one guy at max two that you have to try to replace, not your top three guys on offense. But, yeah, man, just to go back to it, very optimistic. If Jimmy can come back, um, if Tyler, you know, continues to get healthy, continues to operate within the confines of the offense and the team scheme, they're going to be just fine because on the defense and for as much as people want to complain about the zone, it's been dominant. It's been dominant. They rose into the number eight team defensively. When you look at the metrics, look at the metrics, check the stats. I know what I'm talking about. Um, so they're going to be fine. I love it. I love it. So basically that about sums up today's episode, you know, Miami, let's go out. Let's have another good week. Let's keep it going. No more depressing pods. We've had enough of it. I know we're only a few games into the season, but we're tired of it. Let's keep this energy positive like last year, and let's just have a good time overall, and let's keep winning. So aside from that, does anyone have something they want to add before we close this episode? Shout out to Kyle Lurie. Shout out to Bam Adebayo. Shout out to Coach Spo. What up? I mean, can we just continue to be a team and continue to give these same assertive, aggressive, I want to shoot this mother boop, efforts when Jimmy Butler gets back in the lineup. Yes, sir. How about you, Cheyenne? Anything you want to say? Big, big shout outs to Kyle. That was that was very good point to make. I feel like we didn't touch on him, but we can touch on him next pod. But he's been playing great. I can't wait to see him playing great alongside Jimmy and Bam. So I see us going 2-0. Heat 2-0 this week. It. Let's go. I'm checking out. I'm with y'all. 2-0. We 2-0. 2-0. We 2-0. And if we don't go 2-0, don't play this shit back. We don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all just, just forget this last little part. Forget the part, right. <laughs> don't worry. We'll we'll edit the part and we'll make it seem like you. We'll, we'll change the parts where instead of us saying 2-0, it sounds like we said 0-2. Oh so we'll. We'll just quickly do some Whoa, 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 whoa. Why'd you go to the bro. left, man? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even give us one and one. He just went straight for it. 
It's all right. Yeah. It's oh, all right. two and zero, two and zero. We gonna leave on that. Two and zero. I all right, and you know, shout outs to UK and to Taylor as well because I know y'all have been on the Kyle bandwagon since day one. So it's nice to see that Kyle's been going out. And shout outs to y'all for being really optimistic about my guy. And but overall, you know, before we close it out, you know, shout outs to Cheyenne and Kay for hopping in. Um, follow Cheyenne on Twitter at Kardash Cheyenne and make sure to follow Kay on Twitter at K underscore said underscore K. And you know, make sure to follow me too at Joel K Jacob underscore and make sure to follow Heat vs. the World at HVTW Podcast. And you can follow the us on every single platform possible. And make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel at Heat vs. the World. Make sure to check out our extension show, Culture Shock, featuring Cheyenne. They got um all types of content that's gonna be coming out soon. And overall, like, it's going to be a fun season, hopefully, if we can get some wins. So y'all do not want to miss our content. But aside from that, thank you all for tuning in to today's episode. And until next time, Miami Heat fans, we are out. But hopefully we can get some wins coming in soon and we can really have a fun time this season. Aside from that, hit my music because we out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.